is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? The DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Dallas selects Emmett Smith, running back from Florida. And now your hosts, David Hellman, Jeff Cavanaugh, Kevin Turner, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a beautiful Thursday in Frisco as we're back in the Lone Star State, back in the SWBC Mortgage Studios, fresh off our trip from Indianapolis, and more importantly, we are back with Jeff Cavanaugh and Kevin Turner, the DallasCowboys.com draft show. The boys are back in town. David Hillman, Kyle Yeomans, myself, as we continue to break down the NFL Combine and exactly what happened out in Indianapolis, how that affected everyone's draft stock. And before we really get into the players, Jeff I've got to thank you because oh, last, last time we were in this room, you told me to take layers oh, to Indianapolis. I thought you were going to say you went to the Slippery Noodle. I, oh, we actually did that too. Yeah. So, yeah, so two things I could thank you for. You're welcome. But we went to the Slippery Noodle. We also took layers, and I went back and packed more layers after you told me to do that, and I'm so glad that I did. That a boy? It was extremely cold. Yeah, Indy's colder than you think. Numbers, we don't register numbers as people who live in DFW. You can see whatever numbers you want, but that doesn't mean that you're actually going to like register it. Speak entirely for yourself. No, like, man. <laughs> yeah. Listen. I have a pretty firm grasp on what each temperature feels like, I feel, I think. No, man. Mm. You yeah. don't know what you're saying. Okay. I mean, even with the temperature that was, it was whenever we turned the corner, Dave, and you were a, a testament to this as well. When we would turn the corner in a downtown street, oh, the wind and sucks. Then you get hit he once by fell down. Wind. He once fell down laughing fell and down. refused to keep walking years ago at the combine. He's telling you that he has all okay. this weather stuff figured out. This dude literally fell on the sidewalk and was giggling and no, wouldn't I've... get up because he was so cold. <laughs> that really did happen. It was also minus five. There's a huge difference between minus five and I don't know. It was like seventeen. It was no. Feels like seventeen. I was gonna say it was about 30 with a wind chill of 17. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that is a true story. <laughs> Where, this was in Indy? That was 2014. Yeah. It was <laughs> it was below zero, and I thought I was going to die yeah. in the street. A couple lemonades. <laughs> couple okay, lemonades. so there's a little bit of liquid courage there as well. Sure. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay, so that played a little bit of a factor. KT, how was your week? It was an excellent week, and i got to admit, we're under 50 days until the draft is here. 49. Uh, and then the Combine just told me, I, I, you know, you watch the Combine and you're like, okay, yeah, it reaffirmed some things, but it also told me, oh, God, I need to go back and watch about 40 guys because there's a lot of confusing things that happen at the Combine. But I will take 30 degrees in Indianapolis and at the end of February all day. I feel like you guys got lucky. Oh, it was a, uh, yeah, it was a win. It wasn't that bad, but it was also That's the snow and the wind that was the the issue. Yeah, I think that was the biggest thing. Kyle doesn't know yet. He I don't know. Yet. No, I haven't hit it yet. <laughs> you got to catch fair. it. One of those negative 186 days there in Indy before you know. Well, and even if I did hit one of those days, I was prepared thanks to you there because you, you told me to take extra layers, and I did. But you mentioned some of the confusing parts of the combine and trying to figure out exactly what some of these prospects bring to the table. I thought now would be a better time than any to go into some stock up, stock down between some of those players that we saw during the combine. Each of us have gone around given two guys that have had their stock risen over the weekend in Indianapolis and two that had their stock drop a little bit. And Jeff, 
We're going to start with you. Let's start with stock up, go around the table, and then we'll do stock down here in a moment. Okay, did you build graphics? I, did, I know you're indeed. a graphic building guy. Yes, yeah, I, I sent am. you three of each, so I made sure to make it very confusing. So let me make sure that I see which guys I actually got picked here, and then I'll tell you exactly who it Oh, oh, golly. Wow. Yeah, stock up on these two. Uh, Denzel Big Mims. <laughs> Denzel Mims, good tape. Then, after having good tape, he went ahead and tore up the Senior Bowl. Then, after tearing up the Senior Bowl, he went and tested as an elite athlete. So, for Denzel Mims, I think that probably took him from, I don't know, before the Senior Bowl, people weren't really talking about He's probably like a middle-round guy, right? Maybe a fourth, fifth-round guy. And now there's probably no way he gets out of the second. So, Denzel Mims stock all the way up. That's my biggest frustration with Denzel Mims. As a guy who's the – and I I admit I'm this guy. I'm the guy who, if uh, a band gets famous – you don't. Uh, you're off. Everyone's talking about a TV show like it's too mainstream. Yeah. Five years after uh, it was out, like oh, now that Parks and Rec is on Netflix, it could be everyone's favorite show. It's like no, I watched it from the beginning. Denzel Mims from the beginning, I had in the second round. So you're so ins- did I. You don't get to take him from me just because you liked him too. I know, but it's just like the whole world's like all of a sudden, oh, well, Denzel Mims is pretty good, and I'm like, yeah. He was good all year, like it happened. <laughs> that's, like, how this, that's how this works, man. I know, and it's still frustrating. Uh, You're just not, we've been doing this for six years. You're not used to being ahead of people? No, I am used to it. It's just that one was a strange one because I never saw anything on tape that was concerning. No. There was nothing not there. He, he single-handedly got rid of the Baylor stereotype of their wide receivers can only do three things. Like, He's just he's awesome and uh, the combine. I didn't know he's going to blow it up that much. Like mm-hmm. I knew he was going to do really good, but I didn't know he's going to blow it up that much. And it's just like such confirmation. And there's a lot of people who's well, wide receiver group is yes, it's crowded. I understand that. I get that. But he has held his own. Did you write in your notes when you were watching Mims? This guy is an elite, elite, elite athlete. Uh, you know what? I don't know what I wrote in my notes. Let me see. If I'm I just saying, probably notes. not. No. Like you didn't write down, oh, no, he's a blur, and he's the best athlete ever. And then he went to the combine, and it's like, oh, he's the best athlete ever. Oh, uh, yeah, he? he ran a top 540. People who don't like the combine, like, that's the trap that people always fall into. It's like, oh, you're falling in love with this guy because he ran a 4-4 at the combine. It's like, no. No, because I already liked him, and now. When a guy who looks good on tape goes out and posts those measurables, it's yeah. just even more confirmation that you're you're sniffing in the right direction. And I feel like that's where some of the debate has come around the combine. And we even talked about this a little last week with Dane uh, saying what it, what is important about the combine. It has to be supplemental to what you're already watching on film. It can't Absolutely. be the only measurement. I think this is a perfect ex- example of film looks good. And then he tears, like you said, tears up the senior bowl, and then he does the same thing for the NFL Combine and as well. C.J. Henderson was the same thing. For C.J. Henderson, I thought it was just confirmation of everything that you hoped, mm-hmm. that he's you know 6'1", he's over 200 pounds, he's running the four threes, great jumps. So you're just partnering great tape with great measurables, and you go, okay, 17, that works. Well, C.J. Henderson scares me a little bit. Not in a good way. What, well, are, you trying to, what are you trying to do? What I'm trying to say is, we. I mean, we all, we all like him, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, he's been my cornerback three pretty much the whole time. He's 6'1", 204, and he goes out and puts that up on tape, which, again, like his tape was already good. Oh, you're worried he's going to be gone. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Not there possible. at 17. When you do a workout like that at that size, on top of already being considered one of the two or three best corners in the class, Damn. that is a money position. That is a spot where, you know, people value cornerback as they should. Well, I would tell the top 16 teams – 
the guy doesn't really like to tackle. You don't <laughs> want that guy. He doesn't really like to tackle. He's you know he's, he's not... great in coverage. Does anybody care? Well, I want the other sixteen teams to care. Oh, okay. Yeah. Isn't cornerback the position that you're less worried about tackling than any other yes, position on you defense? Will gladly, oh, will gladly make you know, that trade. And then the other side of my brain is going. You go ask Bill Belichick and, and Nick Saban, two guys I don't really like personally, but like, wow. uh, but they go. Oh yeah, I just draft guys who can tackle. You'll be fine. Just yeah, get guys okay. who can tackle, and that's where I always go. I do have to knock him for tackling. I do have to knock him, but you never see anyone run away from him. He played in top flight competition, and you know what? The interceptions maybe weren't there. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay. I love that we're showing highlights. Even his sacks are so gentle. <laughs> He's like, "Hold on, I don't really want to hit. Just fall down for me. Thank you." <laughs> Well, great. I, I got, I've got uh, a highly drafted linebacker and a highly paid linebacker now, and Jalen Smith to go and make those tackles on the mm-hmm. outside and help out there. So good point. You know, I can use those guys. Oh, and we may we may address the safety position too, so we're, we can get some help with the tackling problem. And that uh, that was the biggest worry for me is one just the numbers that he put up. I mean, a four three nine forty, the third best out of all corners. He was the sixth best vertical, and then he was also much taller than he was originally listed. I mean, he ended up being measured at what it was six foot. And three fourths, and originally he was five eleven off of Florida's measurements. Oh, did they show us five so eleven? They said five eleven, or at least that's what I had they written. They got to be the first team I ever. Gonna say, they undersold their first guy. college to undersell a player. Yeah, yeah. a, a top notch guy, a first round talent. Must have grown a lot in Must his time have. at Florida. That's what it was. KT, who was your stock what, up? Were they trying to get him to stay for another year? Oh, <laughs> that might KT. be what it was. Hey, hold on. He's not ready. Hey, if you come back, we'll give you another two inches. <laughs> um, my stock up. I'm, I'm trying to pull up my text message here. There, well, I have it on the graphics. There we go. Sorry. Uh, so, um, oh, I have stuck. Oh, have, whoa, we stuck oh, with Jeff. We, yeah, we went to stock down. Stock down. down. Okay, oh, we we stuck with Jeff. Hold on. Let's we'll make it about me. Everybody, let's make it about yeah, me for a just while. Just take the stock first down. segment. Go for it. Now tell me if you guys are going to kill me for this. Derek Brown. Derek Brown had an atrocious workout. Yes, he did. At the Combine. That three-cone was the worst defensive lineman three-cone. The jumps were bad. Yep. The 40 was slow. Everything about that workout was bad. His tape is awesome. But let me just let me just riddle me this. Entertain me for a second. Uh-huh. Are you trying to get Are you him to ta- fall? Na- 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 entertain me for a okay. second. Are you telling me there's no chance that an interior guy who's not a great pass rusher and had a terrible workout? You're telling me there's no chance that makes it to 17. I, I'm, a four sack guy with a terrible workout. I don't it's wanna, a run stopper. I don't want to go as far as to say there's no chance, but I don't think I don't think he'll fall that far. Because and I think the dream's alive. Alive, but. Still not like healthy. Not like a good way to put it. But I think the dream's alive, and I don't know if it's a dream. Do you think how many sacks do you would you guess Derek Brown will have in an average year? Somewhere between three and eight. Yeah, that's a really that's big, a good range. That's a, I mean, that that's is a, a big range. It's a huge range. Can but I get I'm, you to narrow it down by like one? Well, for the guys, gonna be about four to six. <laughs> okay, four to six. Be and you come teamed all the time. A four to six sack guy, top ten. And if it's your team doing it, are you like, all right, yes? How good a run player is he? He's very an excellent good. run player. He's a mm-hmm. very good run player. He's, is he, he a game changer on the defensive line? Yes, he is. It's a good question. So here, now here's here's what I think. The, the Snacks thing, Harrison keeps getting flipped for fifth round picks. That's what I'm saying. And at the time, he was one of the best run defenders in the league. And, but we want to take one in the top ten. I'm just asking. No, I hear you. That's my secret. Is I just ask. I, I never <laughs> offer an opinion. My biggest <laughs> I'm just question. Saying. My biggest question is his counseling. Like, why did he work out? He shouldn't have worked out. Ugh. Like, Javon Kinlaw now has uh, the defensive tackle from South Carolina now has a chance to get in front of Derek Brown. Kind of what you're saying here, sure. Jeff. You know what he did? He did not work out. 
That's smart. Because he knew there was nothing you could gain from that. And Derek Brown could have only lost ground. He should have worked out. I was. Yeah. I mean, if he knew that his numbers were going to slightly resemble that, I don't know why he would either. Because it's not like... You know, it's not like he put up numbers where you're like, well, this isn't great. Like, he was the worst in, in class. He yeah. was, he brought up yep. the caboose. Yeah, he was Best one of them. Best tape, worst workout Which, in the whole class. That, yeah. But it's it's a fascinating conversation because you said, I mean, it. he doesn't look like that on tape. No. He looks amazing on tape against, yeah. you know, SEC caliber talent, chasing guys down, beating blockers, beating double teams. And I just think if we would agree, tape trumps all, right? Sure. Trust the tape, yeah. Tape, tape is number one. So what I think is that, you know, we thought Derek Brown was probably a top five pick when the draft cycle started. Now I think he's probably more like somewhere between 8 and 12. I still don't know if he gets all the way to 17. I, just still, because I mean, the quarterbacks are going to go, right? I mean, yeah. we, get a, we get a really good vibe that the quarterbacks are going to go. Chase Young's going to go. Four offensive OTs. tackles are going to go up there. At least three OTs before the Cowboys, Isaiah, maybe four. To me, he's still in that group of Chase Young, Isaiah Simmons, Okuda. I, I really don't think that changes. It wouldn't you don't surprise think he's a second-tier guy with like a Ken Law back there? I, well, I mean, look, that's, that may push you just because the quarterbacks are coming up, but I still think he's in that first-tier guy with this. Now, is – our team's gonna like maybe value Kinlaw a little more after they see Kinlaw at his pro day, mm-hmm. and then yeah. maybe that maybe things change a little bit. I mean, he is in the first percentile, Derek Brown in the first percentile of three cone drill, but I ain't asking him to rush off the edge very I much. Say, I mean, he's, still, I need him to be a little flexible. But he's on a freaking he's a D he, tackle and he specializes against the run. Like I don't know how much bend. Yeah. I and, need him to have. And he doesn't just make plays right there. Like, you see him track plays down laterally. Like, no, he has yeah. range as a defensive tackle. Absolutely. That's and, what it, He doesn't look like that bad of an athlete on tape, which no. is why it was so shocking to see him post such bad times. I guess I go, always go, uh, sometimes what I do is I go to my, what was my instant reaction? Not that it's always right. It's always good to think on it. My instant reaction when I saw his numbers were, okay. And my instant reaction for some other guys when I saw their numbers was, oh, God. Uh-oh. Oh, no. And that was one of them. You know? I can't go for there him, with you. It, for him, I wasn't concerned. For A.J. Epinesa, I went, oh, God. We can you get know? to Epinesa. Oh, I mean, that's my other guy. I think yeah. Epinesa, Epinesa. Epinesa tested himself out of the first round, I think. Whoa! Ooh, that's a big oh. statement. He Am tested himself out of me wanting him in the first At round. 17. But I, yeah. I think he'll probably go. He'll be a mid-20s. I would guess he'll go, but over five seconds in the 40 and 7.3 in the three cone at 275 pounds. I think he played his way into a 3-4 defense. Yeah, I think he played his point. way into playing 3-4 end. So maybe a team at the back of one wants him, but I just I, I would worry about that athletic profile as an outside rusher. And mm-hmm. to your point, and why it worries with him and not with Derek Brown, because it's the same thing on tape. On tape, watching A.J. Epinesa, you go, oh, man, heavy-handed, stout, finds yeah. his overpowers people to the quarterback, but your notes are going to say somewhere, can't really turn the corner. Don't yeah. see him turn the corner. Don't see him win outside. And then you test, and you go, well, not really capable of winning outside. Nope. So that's not a first-round pass rusher to me. That's so we just said the same thing. You acted like to I was me, crazy, but I think he'll oh, go. I think he'll go there. Maybe in maybe in the okay. Put it this way: like he's not. He won't be a top twenty pick. I no. don't think. With AKA, you know, I think you can scratch. I, I don't want to speak for them, but I think you could scratch him off the list of possibilities at seventeen. What was if, Taco's three? T- three. I don't want to know. Oh, I don't want to know. The Cowboys were <laughs> pull it up which, here. As bad as a pick as it l- looks now. 
the Cowboys were picking 11 spots behind where they are now. So you're talking about a different caliber of prospect, too. Taco's three cone was 7.17. Mm. You know, that's Oh, no, better than Epinesa. But, but <laughs> Epinesa's <laughs> in the third round, maybe the fourth. So what was Epinesa's three cone? 7.3. Uh, okay, you know, Demarcus Lawrence, Zadarius Smith, those guys ran 7.4 three cone no, drills. So it's it, not end all be all. It doesn't but, mean everything. But the hope for Epinesa is that he's Trey bodies, Flowers. Though? He needs to be Trey well, Flowers. Yeah, it's, it's combining the numbers with the tape again. Yeah. The tape told you. What they were. The tape with Demarcus Lawrence told you this guy's got juice off the edge. No doubt. You know? So, like, you know, if, if the tape on Zadarius Smith back in the day at Kentucky, you didn't really necessarily see the strength that he's, that he's added sure. to his game. But that's – I think that's where the draft becomes real fun. The little games of position value, the games of depth at the position, because that's where Epinesa, to me, stays in the first round. I mean, I've got a second-round grade on him and have the whole time. But I think he ends up going – in the first round, because look, there ain't a ton of edge players. Um, I mean, are, are are you excited right now about Gross Matos that much over Epinesa right now? I'm not. I think he's. I would take him over him. I think he's got more upside. Are you like excited to do that though? Or are you no. like, well, hunker down, at, let's go at 17. Wherever, maybe at, you trade back to 21. Maybe you trade back to 25. I, I'm just not very high on this edge class as a whole, though. I would I feel agree. better. I really about, don't think this is a good edge class. I don't love Gross Matos, but I would no. feel better about drafting him than Epinesa, just because I think there's a, a better chance that he develops yeah. into a more explosive player. Yes, sir. Think, I don't think Epinesa is going to grow tremendously as like this as an athlete. In the NFL. Yeah. You know? Well, you had a, an edge rusher that was pretty high on your list. Stock up here, KT. Uh-oh. Mr. Curtis Weaver out of Boise State. Now, this one was a weird one, right? His numbers were pretty wild. When you look at Curtis Weaver, I mean, the seven-second three-cone, I didn't see that coming from him. As you watch it on tape, to me, you didn't really see him turn very much. No. So when he put up that number, I was like, huh? So to me, that was shocking. Was that shocking to you, Jeff? Um, Not Shocking. I would say I was curious what his three cone because he went outside a lot. Well, he was, was also yes, he did it running around terrible offensive. Tackles. He was just going around. Yeah, he, he yeah. went with a radius around players I, rather yeah. than edging and, and kind of cutting that off and going around guys. I mean, I, I just thought he was pretty stiff, and and you can still be kind of stiff and turn the corner a little bit, I guess. Mm-hmm. But the three cone number to, to be at seven seconds to me that was a. Yeah, and look, I I don't know. Like this is another thing with the edge class being what it is. I have so many more questions about who Julian Oquara, uh, Julian Aquara is from mm-hmm. uh, from Notre Dame. Notre Dame. I have so many questions about what Khalid Kareem is from Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Um, I feel pretty good about you know Jonathan Greener to Florida and like the second round. I, I like him. He had a nice with, showing with Weaver. I feel much better about knowing what he is. Doesn't mean I'm going out of my mind and drafting him in the first round or anything. Yeah, but you know maybe he's talked himself or got himself in that second round territory where maybe he was going to go in the third round. Mm-hmm. You know, so I thought he did well for himself on that three cone drill. And who was my other player on the Chase Claypool. Oh, Chase Claypool. Talk about Notre Dame guys. Okay, on tape, I didn't see a guy who was running four four five, and when he ran that, I was pretty shocked. I, I he's I, impressive, man. I didn't. I don't know why I didn't see that coming. I mean, look, you could see like the figure on. on you'd see his body and his frame. Go, oh, he's big. Well, no, like you can see his body and his frame and go. This is a big dude. Okay, he's pretty jacked. And then you go, what? He ran a four four five. 
And I just didn't see that. Like on to me, he was a slow player on four, tape. Four four two. Four four two. See, geez. <laughs> on tape, to me, he was a slow player. I didn't see him outrunning people on tape. I saw him Not when he was all. on the outside. He was kind of a. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. He was kind of a just run down the field and we'll throw it up to you on little corners and then move to the slot and we'll run you on crossers. I didn't see a burner. Um, I think he did this right. He did the combine right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like Derek Brown, if you know that you're not going to do well in something, don't do it. So Claypool gets to be a giant winner because yeah. he's a big guy that ran fast and jumped far. Which, if he'd have ran the shuttles, I bet you it wouldn't have gone well. No. So instead of coming out of the combine saying, wow, what a great combine, you would have gone, oh, wow, good in a straight line, not so much in the agilities. But you get to skip all that if you just don't do what you're bad at. Which that's what I want. And it's interesting because you want to use it all to put the whole puzzle together. How much does it change your opinion of him at all? It doesn't sound like it does. Little. I think the the forty time is impressive. That lower body explosion is impressive, but I still think that he's not a separator. Uh, I think too often he's a body catcher. Okay. So well, I could see, but with the athletic upside that he just showed you, could you take him end of two, early three? Somebody probably will. Well, this is also a conversation that we had last week as well. But bringing you guys into it. Tight end has been floated yeah. around for this guy. I mean, Dane of course, crapped the, on my dreams. The size of him, and and honestly, I thought whenever I initially looked at these numbers, I thought of a guy that maybe proved that he should be a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, this is not a very high, highly touted tight end class. At least uh, from a depth perspective, he could be another name that you could throw in there and throw a tight end. You know, it, it's as long as you're not actually asking him to play tight end. Yeah, you know, that's where I don't really sure. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't really know the difference anymore because yeah. what do you like? You could put him on the roster as whichever one you want, but if you're talking about playing a detached slot, I don't care what What's he's called. The difference? Yeah. Yeah. Well, would you rather have him or Hunter Bryant from Washington? It's that's the same. A, that's that's where the, the question comes, yeah. and that's where I go, man. I think. I think Hunter Bryant's a better player, but his combine was a little disappointing, yeah, it too. Wasn't good his either. drops make me nervous. I just don't trust Chase Claypool from Notre Dame to go get open. Mm. And that bothers me, but there ain't many 6'4", 230 guys running 4'4", 2s. Yeah. I mean, it was a freakish combine for him when, in terms of that, that 140 time. Maybe you're putting a little too – I'm putting a little too much stock Seriously. in his 40 time. But uh, Chase Claypool ran a half a second faster 40 than Hunter Bryant. Oh, gosh. And yeah. the, the difference – I mean, he's Claypool's two inches taller and only like, I don't know, well, Claypool also 10, ran a, 10 pounds a better 40 than Michael Pittman Jr. Talk yeah. about another big-bodied yeah. receiver. Yeah, but Michael Pittman Jr. has two hands. That's fair. And he can block a little bit, too. My guy Claypool is out here running deep balls and catching contested balls in his number. Like, he'd, he'd jump Just, up over you and then be and like, ha-ha, bear hug! <laughs> like, man, can we please extend and catch the ball? <laughs> Sorry, Chase Claypool. I hope you get drafted real high and make all the money. All right, Dave. Yeah. Who you got for your stock up? Stock ups. One guy, which this guy, I actually, like, he slipped under the radar for me, for me personally, probably because he's Ooh. FCS. I like to ignore FCS guys. Sure, yeah, you the, do. Cowboys, the Cowboys don't draft him. Uh, had a fantastic senior bowl. Looked mm-hmm. great out there. And he kind of caught our eye a well, little bit at the senior bowl. This is really mean. I think of uh, Obi Melifonwu from a few years ago. Oh. Like everybody's just always enamored with the six-three safety. I'm not comparing their games, sure, but everybody's always enamored with the with the superhero action figure safety, right? Chen looks the part, and he goes out here on top of looking good at the Senior Bowl, four-four-five forty at his size, six-three two twenty. A 41-inch vertical. He actually outperformed Kyle Duggar yeah. in a couple areas Damn. of the combine workouts. I think vertical was the only one he didn't out. Yeah, out, I think Duggar had a Duggar 42. Duggar had a 42, which so, is one 
the absolutely, one spot you know, I I'm distrustful of guys of FCS. He's coming out of Southern um, Southern Illinois. For those of y'all that don't know, the Salukis. So looks good on tape. Of course he does because he's a superior athlete to everybody else. Then he goes to the Senior Bowl and plays well against other top-notch draftable competition. Then he puts this workout on on tape. And it's, I mean, how could you argue that his stock isn't going up? It's really impressive. It feels very leap of faith for me. I don't oh, know I what these NFL teams are going to think. I have one all-22 game of him against North Dakota State, and then there's YouTube games. Yeah. So combine that, and then, you know, the NFL teams have everything, you know, right? So right. For, for me, Jeremy Chin, though, this workout makes me feel much better about this guy's going to go top 100. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, mm-hmm. I get it. I feel like much better about that. But... So it's just hard to know. He had good. One thing you say about him at two twenty one, uh, which he'd added a little bit of weight. I had it yeah, his, uh, at two oh five or two oh eight, right around there. So he added a little bit of weight, but he does appear to be fast enough to and have a little range. And and the few games that we have, he's got thirteen interceptions in his college career. Uh, he had four interceptions last year. He's shown the ability to go make plays on the ball. It's, it's interesting. He'd kind of be a free, strong hybrid. I, you, normally, if I see a 6'3", 220-pound guy, I go, oh, he's just a strong safety. But I think he might move well enough to play uh, play, play well. And we saw in the Senior Bowl, he was covering pretty well. No, that's that's my thing is, you know, you watch him at Southern Illinois, and you're like, okay, cool. These guys are going to be accountants in two years. Like, wh- how <laughs> impressed am I supposed to be? But then he plays – you practice well, and that's always going to catch your eye at the Senior Bowl because yeah. you're going – I mean, you're going against – Big Ten SEC competition, but then to put those numbers on the tape and say, okay, this isn't just a byproduct of of him playing inferior competition. Like he really does possess this athleticism. I'm still terrified by the thought of drafting him because I just have inherent biases toward big school guys, and so does Will McClay. It seems exactly, 100%. and that's yeah. But you put numbers like that, somebody's somebody's going to be willing to take a chance on you, and that's why I think his stock is up. Well, and I kind of want to challenge you on your other stock up a little bit. Talking about of why is his stock up for De- Devin Hamilton out of Ohio State? He had the sixth lowest 40. Ooh. He had a sub-30 vertical. Ooh. Third worst broad jump out of his position. Get him, Kyle. I and think it's a bottom ten three cone as well. It depends on your definition of what stock up means. Okay, and I mean, but how could those numbers raise a stock? Oh, I, I just want to hear what you have to say. In because, I, like me personally, I'm looking for defensive tackles. Okay, that I can draft. Gotcha. And you know, we talk about Derek Brown, Javon Kenlaw. Uh, th- if they're not there, th- I, I'm automatically You've hunting. You've got to look somewhere I'm else. automatically hunting for somebody that I can find. So for him, you know, then you're talking about, you know, you're talking about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ross Blacklock. Well, even like even Blacklock, like he performed well enough. Like I thought he had a good, a better combine at least. Blacklock is the classic case of a guy that 17 is probably too high, but mm-hmm. 51 he'll be gone. Low, yeah. yeah. Um, Who's the other guy? Matabike out of A and M. Justin, oh. which, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to avoid Matabike because I know, like he's, he's a guy that we talk about a lot. I look at him and I like on top of what I've seen from his tape, which mm-hmm. I think is surprisingly it is impressive. Good. Yeah, yeah, strength, all that good type of stuff, and probably more of a one technique than a pass rusher. Probably, I feel I feel better drafting him. I don't know. I think he at could fifty one no, or at eighty two. I th- eighty. I think he could sneak him to the top one hundred. Is okay. what I'm saying. Gotcha. And so I th- like. I think it depends on what your definition of stock up is. I don't think this guy 
vaulted himself into the top 50, mm-hmm. but I'm hunting for down-the-line prospects of, at defensive tackle. I'm like, okay, like this guy... Yeah, his numbers aren't super impressive, but it lines up with what I'd be willing to do based on what I see on tape. Well, and I was intrigued by you choosing him as a stock up because I, if after the Senior Bowl, I would have had him as a stock up. I thought he looked good at Senior Bowl down in Mobile. But I thought the, the combine he maybe took a little bit of a step back in my book, at least by some of the measurables. Now, the drills, I don't think he looks so. okay. I don't think so just because nobody's pegging him as this you know, yeah, top, top 50 top, pick. Uh, he's, guy. Uh, to me, he, I feel like he's probably late third round Early fourth round is probably his range. Borderline days. So, are you going to reach at 82? Pick 82, you know, baby. What do you need? You know? well, uh, we or do you get Kinlaw or Derek Brown at 17 and you don't have to worry about it? If Derek tackle. Brown's there Derek at 17, Brown. man. We just said that he wasn't going to be there. I though. don't think he will be. Stop acting like it's impossible. I didn't say it was impossible. <laughs> okay, really quickly, I'll give you my two uh, stock-ups. It's one of the guys that we've actually talked about quite a bit. Devin Duvernay out of Texas. Fifth best 40 of all wide receivers with a 4.39. And then I threw Jacob Eason up there, and it wasn't because of his measurables. You're going to challenge me here, Dave? I'm not going to challenge you. I'll just go ahead. Go get him. I'll just disagree with you. Get him back. I thought he threw the ball better than almost any other quarterback there, maybe with the exception of Justin Herbert. Oh, disagree. You you disagree? I do disagree. Okay. I I thought thought he he threw the ball well. He's got a big arm for sure. He has a huge arm. It's easy for him to throw it. Absolutely. Paxton Lynch type tendencies. Now, one thing (laughs) I did read this morning on Jacob Eason that put a little asterisk on this. Apparently, Todd McShay talked about how he did not impress teams in his interviews. And apparently, in the quote from the story that I read, said that he, quote-unquote, owned the room and saw that he was bigger than what was going on. And I didn't like that a whole lot from a quarterback. So Yeah, I feel like with that, I didn't hear enough details of what McShay was saying. Exactly. And so to me, it just made me really, really angry at media. Where it's like, well, you know, I heard from an anonymous guy that he uh, didn't interview well. I'm like, yeah. no, 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 no. If we're sabotaging character pre-draft, tell me who said it and what yeah. they're talking about. That's a good point. Kind of like the crap going on with Haskins right now. Yeah. I mean, he's not a prospect anymore, but it's still annoying. Yeah. yeah. But I thought he threw the ball well, a little bit high there. I just think that... Uh, Right, right. Go for it. Well, no, he's just he, yeah. the combine is meant for guys like him. That's exactly. All. He's to show off the arm, show off his velocity. He's probably the most naturally gifted quarterback in the class. Mm, in terms, all right, we, all right, okay. He's got a cannon. He can wing right. it. Yeah, and he's he's inconsistent in his decision making. I don't love. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll borrow this line from the Solid Verbal, my favorite college football podcast. They call him Purple Cutler. Oh. And I'm like, mine's trust the tape. I'm a trust the tape guy. There you go. Yeah, that's a good one too. Um, I just, I this purple this, cutler. That's a good one. When people, when people talk about the underwear Olympics, that's what they're talking about. And like, if his, if his, if his natural ability once prompts you to draft him in the top 35, good luck. I just don't see it. All right, but well, I do think it could. I mean, it could help his stock because he can go out there and show off that he's got he a cannon and yeah, football on the back foot. I do agree with. I agree with Devin Duvernay just because, in the sense that that is a position where the forty-yard dash really does matter, like receiver and cornerback. Like one hundred percent in a crowded receiver class, anything you can do to distinguish yourself matters. And if he can run a sub four four forty. And we, Somebody's going to be intrigued by that speed. We were talking with KT last week, and or the week before Indy, and saying that if Devin Duvernay comes out and runs a 4-4, we're going to be thinking of him a little bit differently as well. Absolutely, because the production was nuts last year. And you know, my, my biggest issues with him is just how big can he play? Yeah, he's got short arms, things like that. But he does catch everything. He finds a way to get open. There's a lot to like about him. But it's just how, how much are you reaching for guys like that? Mm-hmm. 
in this wide receiver loaded class. Do you need I him? I don't know. Do you need him to play big if he's always in the slot? Doesn't drop anything. No. Which ironically, nah. Dane Dane pointed this out last week. Like he wasn't amazing in the pass catching drills at the combine, but I will yeah. I will gladly take thirteen games worth of tape over sure. one gauntlet. I don't think he drill. dropped a pass though, did he? In I the don't believe catching, so. In the catching drills, no, though? The, uh, I guess what Dane's quote was: he was fighting the ball. Okay. He just he didn't look natural. He didn't look, he didn't look smooth, smooth. But again, him. he fought his way to zero drops. Give yeah. me give me thirteen games of tape of him looking pretty good doing it over whatever you think about the combine. And I think he only had the one drop during his entire career. At he Texas. torched Dave's Tigers. Yeah, he did. Tore pretty, him up pretty, pretty good. The question sure there is the question there is who are the other wide receivers am I considering taking? <laughs> mm. oh, that's where it becomes mm-hmm. that's the debate. that's where he gets cloudy. Go Logan, Superman versus Prochet. Well, actually, that's going to be a question we're going to address. <laughs> oh. Twitter on the 20 coming up here in just a minute. No, it's okay. I like the tease. It's a good way. We did some stock ups. We didn't get to all of our stock downs. We'll have to do that uh, some other time coming up in the next couple of weeks. But when we come back, we'll go to Twitter on the 20. We'll address that wide receiver question. Depending on how deep this class is, what do we think about taking a wide receiver at 17? Those questions and more when we return here on the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer, where you buy the latest generation of transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses. You can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... It's right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score, September 2019. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Back here from the SWBC Mortgage Studios, Jeff Cavanaugh, Kevin Turner, David Hellman, Kyle Yeomans with you here on the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. As always, presented by Miller Lite. Time now for some Twitter on the 20. Twitter Twitter on the 20. Where, of course, we go through your fan questions via Twitter and answer them the best we can here from inside the 
SWBC Mortgage Studios. We've got some good questions over the course of the day, and uh, KT and Dave also tweeted it out. Dallas Smith starts us off. He goes, would you rather have Cooper and a top corner in the draft or a top wide receiver in the draft and Byron Jones and why? The debate that is crippling Cowboys Twitter 100%. as we speak. I would go Jones this and is a receiver. A, so we're getting we're getting either Cooper or Jones on like a five year deal, not a franchise Probably, tag. Yes. Correct. Okay. okay. Here's here's my problem with the question, Dallas. Uh, what is a top corner in the draft? Because to me, it's Okuda, and then and then there's a gap. whereas wide receiver, I can give you three names. Yeah. So if I can have one of those three names, I can't have Okuda. So if you'll give me C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, or Henry Ruggs, and Byron Jones. I'll take that over Amari Cooper and whoever your second corner is. So I would go Byron Jones and receiver. But you saying that right now, it's likely that the second one is more likely, having Amari Cooper back and then maybe drafting a guy like a C.J. Henderson as a corner. Yes, Yes, the Cowboys are doing this wrong. Correct. You're saying, oh, so you're saying you would flip it. Yeah, I'm saying I would prioritize Byron over Amari. Wow. And I think Amari as a player, has more to do with wins and losses than Byron does when he's healthy and ready to rock. But I also have questions, just like Oakland had questions. I don't have questions about Byron Jones. I know he's going to be out there every week. I know he's going to play really well. And I can find a receiver. Which is really huevos <laughs> to uh, assume when this team was lost before Cooper got here. That's the thing. that, And that, like, I don't disagree with anything you just said. But I, I can't let go... I can't let go of the fact that I think that Amari does have more an Im- more of an impact on wins and losses. What like, if I promised you Jerry Judy or C.D. Lamb? Even still, and like uh, you and me, like we're of one mind on this, that we love this receiver class. We love the idea of drafting one. 40 burgers. I don't like the idea of asking anybody to fill in for Amari Cooper and like have to really carry that load right away. Because as many good receivers have come into the league recently – not very many of them hit the ground running. Like, that's not a long list. You think about, you know, recent drafts where, you know. Would you be happy if you took a receiver in the first round and he had a Terry McLaurin rookie year? Hell yeah. And, and I think C.D. Lamb. I think you Lamb, could yards? I think you could, too. A.J. Brown, over 1,000? D.K. It, Metcalf? It's doable. Debo, Debo Samuel? Guys, it's doable. Debo, Debo is not fair because Debo really well, didn't catch. Like that's what I'm saying. Debo wasn't really a, gu- a guy until like October. Well, none of these guys were that we're talking about. I think you could say the same AJ for Brown, DK Metcalf too. Debo, these guys weren't one of the first two wide receivers. Two no, or three wide receivers none of those guys have Zeke. changes. Zeke gets them open. Well, okay, it's, it so, scares so me. It scares me is all I'm saying. <laughs> I think I think they're they're. Terribly, uh, maybe crippled is not the word, but maybe a little paralyzed by 2018 and their decision to go into that season with no true number one wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And I think they don't want to do that again. And I think that's going to affect them not bringing Byron Jones back. Mm. Now, here's what I do, which is crazy. Because I sign we've everybody. Also, well, I sign everybody, and if I need to do some restructuring of contracts and get behind. Do. I'll do that anyway. Can we talk well, about? So, so I'm signing everybody. We now know. We now know that the players will begin voting on the CBA, and it's they have until a week from today <laughs> to read 456 pages. They, I mean, that's doable <laughs> that's if you I sit do. down and concentrate. I'd read the whole thing. Uh, but if they approve it, like everything we're hearing is that the CBA is going to absolutely skyrocket the salary cap. Yeah, 100. percent So why are they afraid of doing all the deals? 
What and and the only answer to that is that they don't believe in Byron Jones the way that a lot of fans and media do. Well, Mike Nolan's comments, his first media availability, you know, yeah. basically kind of saying, and I'm par- I'm not I'm, worried about the guy that can't catch the ball. Basically, I'm I'm not worried about the guy that bats the ball down. I'm worried about the guy that takes yeah. it back for six. But paraphrasing said, Byron Jones doesn't get turnovers. Right. Yeah. Paraphrasing. Uh, all right. Okay. Scared well, all of Cowboys Nation. Oh, so stupid. No offense, if he's listening. <laughs> no offense. That's Mike really Nolan's a big dumb. fan of the draft no offense. Show. So if he got three interceptions a year, then he would be, you know, a pretty good corner or a great be, corner yeah. who now has three interceptions a year. Now he's going to face like six hundred pass snaps a year. So we are worried about what happens on point. Five percent of the plays at corner, and not as worried about the ninety-nine point five, where he's one of the five to ten best corners in the league. But he didn't have an outcome on 05 percent of snaps that I would have liked. That is that is what is being suggested. Yes, awesome. Well, and you also think about the to fact of the the we KT brought up the point of maybe being scared about not having the number one wide receiver, but the the way that they got rid of that problem is they invested their twenty nineteen first round pick. If you let Amari Cooper walk. And you draft a guy at 17, that's two straight years you're investing that first-round pick in a wide receiver yeah. and in well, a position. You can't, you can't make those decisions based on what's already been sunk, right? Like it would, fair. It would suck to let Amari go. You know, you, tra- you, know, you want five years of production out of your first-round pick. But like, if you're not convinced he's the guy, don't sign him just because just of what because you gave of up for pride. Him. But right. I, that's, that's kind of what I'm saying is prideful-wise, this could be something that the Cowboys are looking at in terms of their decision making moving forward. I really I'm not saying that's right. I'm no, just saying that might be what's going through their heads. I think it's as simple as like which guy gives you the better chance of impacting a game all on his own. Because as for all of Amari's duds, we've also seen him turn five or six games completely on their ear. The all. Minnesota game stuck out to me this year. Yeah, and the Philly game the year he got here. Yeah. And I'm honestly, yeah, and it, he's he's got a track record of being able to do that. I know he disappears on the road at times. I know he's had some iffy moments. He still has a much higher chance of doing that than Byron, and I think that's what's driving that decision-making. Well, it's interesting, though, if we're stacking a big board together, you have Ruggs, you have Jerry Judy, you have mm-hmm. CeeDee Lamb all stacked higher than C.J. Henderson, or Fulton, or Trevon Diggs, or I still have Jeff Gladney from TCU as the second cornerback for me. But, like, you have all those wide receivers stacked higher than those. And if we're sitting there and taking the best player, well, that's what we're doing at 17, right? Now, I'm also waiting on Kinlaw. I'm hoping Kinlaw sure. gets to me. That's still plan A for me. But Let me ask you this, Jeffrey, which this is my this is my thought process that makes me feel better about this whole thing. And I don't know that they will because they haven't. But if the Cowboys take the savings on the money they would have spent on Byron and invest it in a way more meaningful way than what we're used to seeing. What's more meaningful than a great corner? I mean three or four above average caliber free agent replacements. Like not signing Byron enables you to bring back Robert Quinn. Maybe – you could theoretically okay, tell me it's Robert Quinn, you Carl Joseph to okay. be my strong safety. Absolutely. And now add me and one more piece somewhere. We'll say how about uh, I don't know. Again, this it is might all... just be that Quinn ten million, Carl Joseph five or six, right? What so about fifteen, sixteen million dollars there it's spent? What if I could get you like Mike Brockers at D tackle or something silly like that? 
Yeah, I think the maybe. the free agency D tackle class is what's kind of pushing me away from Kinlaw now and yeah. Derek Brown because I think more it's the easiest there. one to fill. Bring me in Dominican Sue. Let's go. Yeah, I think there's 20 good options in free agency, which means that the money's going to dry up and you're going to have six dudes that are NFL starters like, hey, what? Was somebody? And, and that's, be like, yes, we will. That's my saving grace because I'm like, all right, if you're going to spend that money getting a handful of guys who could make the team better, I'll stomach it easier than if you're just going to let him walk and sign Nolan Carroll. Should have sold more jerseys, Byron. I know you got mm. a qu- another question. We're into it, Kyle, real quick. But yeah. I'll say, does the new head coach matter? The fact that he's brought in a lot of people does that matter? Because if you just signed a five-year contract as a new head coach of a team, and I'm looking at the depth chart overall, I'm going, oh my god, I'm going to have to remake this entire secondary in two years. Yeah. That, a, does that make you go, oh, we should sign Byron? Or, you know, B, is, I mean, we need to start drafting dudes because Byron's not going to be here. And then who who knows? I also am interested in keeping Anthony Brown. I don't know if they're going to do that. I don't know what his money's going to be yeah, like. But him being hurt saved the money. Yeah. He had a chance to keep Anthony Brown. I'm highly interested in doing that. Same. But I, it's just, uh, I don't know. This, I this can't wait. I can't wait to see what the 30 visit list starts to look like because I just have a hunch there's going to be a lot of DBs on it. Yeah. Probably. And with that being said, you mentioned this name a little bit earlier, but he's a part of our next question. Javon Kinlaw. Joe DeMeo asked three scenarios for the first two rounds. Pick one. First one is Javon Kinlaw, South Carolina, with Antoine Whitfield Jr. out of Minnesota, CJ Henderson, out of Florida, and Justin Matabike, the defensive tackle from AM. That's scenario two. Scenario th- three, Javon Chasen out of LSU. Kalevon. Then, what K- was that? Kalevon, sorry. Kalevon, excuse yeah. me. And then Arnett out of Ohio State is third. Easy for me. I love all the second round picks. I do too. Um, uh, for me, it's number one. Me too. It's uh, Javon Kinlaw, yeah. and it's Antoine Winfield, the safety from Minnesota. That's the To me, that's my favorite combination by far. I think one is my favorite combination. I'm starting to be intrigued, which is funny because he didn't even work out at the Combine, but you could sell me on Chase on. Chase on. I know he scares a lot of people. You could sell me on his raw athleticism just because I think you talk about not being thrilled by this edge class. Like I think he's got the ability to bend the corner and get after it. That's and why he's got a chance to be edge, too. I think despite he's about to say, he may not be college there career. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say when he's done working out at LSU's Pro Day, He'll he'll be a top twelve pick probably. Start skyrocketing. I a think so. Bit. All right. I, I think see that. people are going to take a chance on his athleticism more I think than that'd be good for the Cowboys. That'd be excellent for the Cowboys. <laughs> That's how you get Javon Kinlaw. Can I now, get, can I get Antoine Winfield? Is better than Xavier McKinney started. Ooh, I've heard yeah. that before though, so I don't think that. Okay, crazy. maybe I'm not starting it, but no. Dude, I think, I, I think Winfield's going to end up going in the first round, too, if the safeties start going earlier than five, we think. 5'9", man. So you're saying, five, ten? You're saying the, five, the first option five, ten? Not five, ten. First option of this is the the more fun one for the Cowboys. I think the, the first one you would pick. Well, it's fun and just makes a ton of sense. It 100% does. And then the second one, I would believe, would probably be the most likely. It was What was it? Henderson, Henderson and, and Matabike. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if Winfield's going to be there at fifty-one. Neither do I. I don't think there's a chance he's there at fifty-one. You might what be about able to go and trade up and get him, unless none of the safeties go in the first round. You know. Yeah, what about none of those drafts could happen? <laughs> oh, <laughs> the odds that we would nail it that completely are slim to none. I would slim. take any one of those though. I would take any of those three. Would I'd I would take any one of them? I would feel like they did a good job. Yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. Okay, we'll hit. Let's hit one more question. This one's going to be fun. This is from Jay. 
Okay, fellas, trying to get proactive here. After starting or after watching the combine, Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson is the best athlete that he has seen since Bo Jackson. I'd give up 17 in next year's one if he slid to 9 or 10. Would you? He's the best player in the draft. Is that all I have to give? 17 mm, in next uh, year's one? I think that's unrealistic. We would have to give maybe a 2. I don't think that's that unrealistic. No, not if he slides to 10, if he's theory, a 10, you could do it for 17 and your second-round pick. That gets you to, to 10. That might not be realistic. Maybe just, because, think, just on the chart it does. Really? But, yeah. but maybe teams don't have sweetener. to adhere to the chart. That's the thing. Right. And they shouldn't, by the yeah. way. I go by Captain Trade Down now because yeah. I did my research. Okay, what if we threw Trading in a four? Down always wins. Threw in a four. A one, two, and a one, four. Two, four. One, uh, well, 17, a one next year, and a four. Would you do it still? I think I would. No. I, I would in a vacuum. This team's in such a desperate mode for affordable labor, though. Yeah, but they're. I don't. I, okay, but it's it's a fourth round pick. They're going to get a comp for Beasley, probably. Which Hopefully, five. five. So you still you're not going to like lose any. Like you're not going to have fewer picks. You know what I mean? Like you have a you're surplus still of have picks. Six. Yeah. It's a fourth round pick. How am I not going to have a first round pick next year again? Yeah, this team's going to have like two good players on a rookie deal. Because you're going to have a guy that can play eight positions on the back end of your defenses, and he's an absolute super freak. You're normally against this type of thing. But I think he's awesome. (laughs) I think he's awesome. That's why. Jeff said it right like affordable assets. I'd go one and two. That's it. I'd go this year's one and two for Isaiah Simmons, and that's it. Mm. Can't be taking multiple ones for me. Can't be snatching those things for me, uh, especially for a guy that's really for this team a luxury. I'll throw in Chris he's not Jones. A, how he is he a, a luxury. How is he a luxury? Where is he, you're going to be like, listen, I know you're a linebacker, but you're kind of going to be a strong safety I'm here. Say, it cost me two ones, but I think it'll work fine. You're going to be like my box safety, big nickel slash occasional slot slash occasional free safety slash whatever the hell I listen, want you to be. If you told me you could undo a contract that's already been done for a linebacker you can't. and pick him, well, let's go. No, that's fine. Like. Hey man, because they would bring that dude in, and that dude would be better than both your linebackers, and he would not replace them. That's what would happen. You have wow. a first round pick and a paid guy, so they'd be like, well, "Worry let's about where that? You can play. You make Jalen a Sam slash nickel rusher slash are we whatever. Going to, hey, are we going to three four? <laughs> yeah, <We> could <laughs> I mean, we could? That's what it sounds They're like. They're not doing that to him. Mm. It's got a lot of commercials and why you got to crap on my dreams, man. <laughs> I finally found a player that I'm willing to get reckless for, and you're telling me it doesn't make any sense. What ev- everything makes sense for that man. Everything makes sense. Okay. I just think he could play five positions. We're gonna fit in one more question, KT. Oh wow, you've got 45 quarter. seconds. All right, all right. This one's tailor made for you. Great. It says, "Tell me more, Charlie T. Tight end, Portland oh, State." Oh my god, I know you like this guy, so I chose this question. <laughs> You got now th- forty seconds. Okay, well he's the Portland State guy, which it, it, you just said. Yeah, that's on. Uh, I need to pull up my notes. Sorry, yeah. three solid years of production. Uh, d- d- I do need to recheck his time because I was not expecting a question about him to mm. ever come up again on the draft show after I brought him up the first day. Yeah, you so. brought him up day one. Uh, you run out of time. I know, seconds. man. I know. I just want to find his time. You're I don't know what his combine time, time was. Doesn't matter though. I'll get it for you. What I'm I saw on, is on he it. had a horrible quarterback in college, so it was a struggle sometimes. But he, he's a big target underneath. I had him at six three, two forty eight, four seven five. So a pretty decent time. He didn't put up stinking Albert O numbers, you yeah. know, or anything like that. But I thought he was pretty good at working back in the scramble drill, working his way back to the quarterback. Showed good hands. Showed the ability to catch with his hands. Um, not a very good blocker, kind of a get-in-the-way guy, but I saw someone as deep day three value. I've, I had a fifth-round grade on him. 
can play anywhere though. Slot. Oh, you got H-back. your four seven five out there. Did he give me a four seven five? That's my guy. That's my guy, Charlie. There you go, Charlie, Charlie T, T. dude, representing. Well, we're out of time there for Twitter on the twenty. We're almost out of time here for the draft show, but we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll wrap up some of our stock downs from the NFL Combine. We'll do that when we return here from the Star in Frisco. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today in the Stadium Pro Shop or at Stetson.com. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score September 2019. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. Where you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. So, you're shopping, and that's when you see it. Aisle 23. Dr. Pepper stack from top to bottom as far as the eye can see. The phrase too good to be true comes to mind, yet there it is. A rich, delicious Dr. Pepper paradise. Wait, did, did that can of Dr. Pepper just open itself for you? They all are. As if to say, so nice to treat you. And even though it feels weird to talk to a can, you pick one up and say, it's so nice to be treated. Dr. Pepper, so nice to treat you. Yeah. Looking outside at the Ford Center, a beautiful Thursday. Another great day for the DallasCowboys.com draft show. 49 days until the draft in Las Vegas, Nevada. In our final segment. Here from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. And we started this earlier in the show. Stock up, stock down. We got through all our stock ups. Jeff got his stock down snuck in there. Thank you. And now we've got to go to KT. Who were some of your stock downs from the 2020 NFL Scouting Combine? He's a guy who I actually came around on on tape, and everyone thought highly of him going into the season, and then he had a bad year. He had 20 catches, but he played for an offense that was a complete dumpster fire. But mm. it's tight end Jared Peakney of uh, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. And then I got nervous because he looked slow at the Senior Bowl. And then he went, and his numbers tell you a 4.96 40-yard dash. He didn't participate in anything else because he's not that great of an athlete. And I thought he was better than that. He was, uh, you know, watched him on tape, go catch the ball with his hands, go make some tough catches. Could be a matchup issue. I did not see 4.96 coming. I didn't think he was going to run that. So Jared Pinckney is now a day three flyer. He is a guy that teams are going to be nervous about. They're going to wonder if he works hard. They're going to wonder if he's got the ability to stay in shape. They're going to ask questions about, dude, are you, do you even care? Because mm-hmm. you just don't see it. Maybe he just can't do that. You know, Maybe he just can't show that athleticism, get separation. But, man, he had such a good year in 2018 with 50 catches and came into the year. 
you know, was, hey, this could be a tight end one, tight end two, tight end three type of guy, and he has just disappeared. He had a rough combine. Uh, I, I, I thought I thought he could, on tape, I thought he could win in one-on-one situations, go track the ball and do things like that, but four nine six, that's just not going to work. You're well, slowing down my offense. And his 2018 tape was so good. It was very good. That's one of the things that's so disappointing with Pinkney is that he looked like, at least going into his uh, final season with the the Commodores, is that he was going to be a guy to look for as a first, second day tight end. He shouldn't have gone back. If he wouldn't have gone back to Vanderbilt, he would have gone to the draft last money. year. You know, he'd probably gone on first. You know, Still would have had to get timed. Day one, day two. Still would have had to get timed. Yeah, absolutely. You're such, you're such an ass sometimes. <laughs> That's why I listen. They should all hire me. I would be like, here's what you've been running. We're not running. They'd be like, what about Pro Day? We're not, not running. running it. <laughs> because that's what everybody's like, oh, he didn't run at the Combine, but he's going to run his pro day. No, if we're going to have bad times, we're running it neither. Yeah, but We're trying if, to make money. If you don't have like top-notch tape, you're going to run the risk of alienating yourself because people expect to see that. I mean, But, but if you don't have top-notch tape and you run a five-flat, what's a team going to assume? I thought his tape was good, If though. Pinckney doesn't run, what's a team going to assume, worst case? Probably better than what he ran, yeah. 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 I thought his tape was good. Now, 20 catches, you go, huh? What's going on? But There's that not offense. There's a ton to go off of. Dude, yeah. Lipscomb is a good wide receiver. Kalaja Lipscomb is a good yeah. wide receiver who played at Vanderbilt. And he's got. Didn't have anything. Kashawn uh, Vaughn, the running back. Yeah. It's a good player. That's just a, It was a bad offense. They had no offensive line. They just didn't have a chance. The quarterback wasn't very good. And I thought his tape was fine. I, I, I'm the, the senior bowl was a big red flag. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a big red flag. He just looked slower than everyone. And then, yo, wait, he is slower than everyone. <laughs> and maybe you just didn't really see that on tape. The other guy who I had a stock down on uh, is Bradley Anai, oh. defensive end from Utah. Jeff, you like Anai quite a bit? Yeah, this defensive end class just keeps getting yeah. less and less encouraging. Not hey, that but it was what about ever Curtis Weaver? <laughs> He, yeah. was, he was a stock-up guy. Gosh, am I going to have to put Curtis Weaver ahead of an eye? Ooh. I had a full-round difference going into the combine. Mm. I had Weaver in the third and I in the second. And now they're kind of neck and neck? Weaver might be the better prospect. Ooh. I mean, I bet terrible three-cone, bad jumps. I mean, if you're going to be a sub-260-pound defensive end... You've got to be athletic. Which one are these numbers worse for? The fact that Bradley and is a defensive end, and then Jared Pinkney's a tight end, and their numbers are similar in the it's fifth or in the forty. Is it, which one? Which one is only one of you supposed to run down the field and catch the ball? Yeah, <laughs> it's, no, it's definitely worse for Pinkney. It's definitely worse for Pinkney. I, I guess with an eye, I, I wasn't expecting him to to you know tear it up or anything. No. You watch him on tape, you don't see that. Well, he's a middle-round guy. I was hoping. Mid-4-7s and a 7-1-3 count. I go, okay, all right. And didn't get I mean, that. You just start to look at it. It's combining all of it. And I normally don't care too much, but like even the some of the, the shuttles and things like that, the three cone you take into it, and you know, his arms, dude. His arms are so small too. And a defensive end, I need you to have some length out there. Mm. So I, that's something that really bothers me with the alligator arms out there at defensive end. Dave, stock yeah. down. T Rex. There's this is this is harsh because I actually this is one of my favorite guys. I think oh, we all no. we all like no. Okay, but I'm not ready to pull the plug on Cameron Dantzler. So we like him a lot. Big rangy cornerback, Mississippi State. You turn on the tape. He stays with some of the best receivers in the game. He gave up, and you know it sounds like 
bad. He gave up 50 yards and a touchdown to Jamar Chase of LSU. Compared to what Chase did to... Oh, you're going to show me the other play. I well, only saw a six-yard out that he got caught on. Point. He played really well against Jamar yeah. Chase. Let's yeah. put it that way. Chase had 50 yeah. yards and a touchdown in the game. And he played Devontae Smith at Alabama really well. He, is, he got beat on out and up, and that's about it. Everything you like in a cornerback until he runs a 4-6-4-40. Boom. Yeah. And again, it's probably the one position where a 40-yard dash can make or break you. It's a risk. It's just a risk thing. There but are, it is very few and far it's between. It's interesting, though, because, yeah. again, if you have 13 games of tape of him sticking with SEC-caliber receivers, yeah. how much does a 4-6-40 scare you? Well, mm. does he start getting penalized more? Because he's a really physical, yeah. all-over-the-field kind of guy. I just... I'll tell you what I did with him. I had him as an early second rounder, and now I have him at the top of the third round. That's how much a four six, a mid four six, scares me because I've done this wow. before with T's Tabor. Yeah. I stood on his tape. I was like, I believe, I believe in this dude. But the fact that he ran a four seven, it was over. Can't do it. And so at four six four, Josh Norman did it for a while. Richard Sherman's done it, but outside of that, it's like I'm Xavier Howard. Where can you find him? Yeah, it's very rare. I'm putting a pin in it. Well, and I think a big thing is we're not talking about him as a first-round pick. We no. Ne- we never were. Right. I'm putting a pin in it. I'm going to give him a chance to run at his pro day. I know he came out on Twitter like he was unhappy with his time. So he's going to get back in the lab. And if he can, like, get closer to 4-6, maybe even crack, like, high 4-5. Get him at a, get him at 38. Yeah. Get him at yeah. Where's Brian to, to yeah. turn get the clock at off at the 38-yard line? Yeah. <laughs> it, it is legit. Like, it's hard to find those guys. Who are, Casey Hayward's another guy who ran really slow. Yeah. Uh, like a 40 and was able to It's not get a death it. sentence to your career by any means. No, no, and I, and I think his tape um, gives you a little bit of hope. Like, okay, this is... Some, if, you th- can this stick is like, with, if you can stick with the guys at LSU, but, you can play cornerback. Like, those are all pro receivers. But now I'm burning that pick, at, uh, pick 51 in the second round. Yeah, I don't I'm like so that. nervous no, about it. I don't like it. that at all. Mm, we'll no, see. Send that to Damon Arnett, and then you'd pick Dantzler the next round. Yeah. And just because we're running short on time, oh, Benito yeah, Jones was your other guy. Which, I, I mean... Hamilton's not impressive athletically yeah. either, but like Benito Jones brought up the rear like Terrible. just across the board. And I don't I don't believe he even <laughs> benched, which was like the one thing he was probably gonna, gonna be good be okay at. at. I mean just the numbers speak for themselves. Uh, Senior eight, bowl, I, I saw two, like a one. few plays, a few one on ones, and I was like, Oh, this guy's interesting. I turned on the tape and I was like, How come he falls on every play? He's on yeah. the ground a lot. <laughs> That's a, he's a fall down guy. I think peep and again, we're not talking about first and second round picks, but like if I had to peg him going into this, I would have said like, "Oh, I don't know, like a fourth round, fifth round yeah. guy." But I don't feel I, I feel like I just I'm just pushing him even further. Late just like three, yeah, if you got twelve picks, you can use one of your sevens yeah, on him. I'm not feeling great about it. I've so. got one of those guys in my stock down, uh, a guy who I thought may have been a, a a guy you could have looked at in a late round scenario. My two stock downs: KJ Hill, wide receiver of Ohio State. I did not think he had a good combine. He I didn't. Thought, I thought he had a perfect combine. What? So no, I'm with Kavanaugh for because... me to get him in the fourth round. Oh, oh okay. no, he's slow and not explosive, yeah. and he's not real big. Oh, he probably oh, he can't dropped play. The ball I'll twice. take him in the fourth. And then Mitchell Wilcox out of USF. This is a tight end that we have not mentioned before. He wasn't expected to be a guy to light up the combine, and nor did he. He had some pretty poor numbers, but he also had the most embarrassing moment of the combine. 
He got hit in the face oh. while he was trying to uh, mm. catch his yeah. gauntlet. Oh. He didn't know which way to turn for the first nope. ball. Nope. Looked, oh. Boom. Got him right in the side of the face. So yeah. that is why I said his stock went down. Mm. I'm really glad we line up on K.J. Hill because, I, I mean, I saw him make people look silly all week at the senior bowl. I don't care if he runs a 4-6. I'll start I mean, him in the slot I'm right not, now. I'm not drafting him in the top 100, but start him in the slot if he can today. hang around to the fourth round, let's party. He's Jarvis Landry. Um, mm. Say no more, fam. Uh, wow. a, a much like a discount, you sure. know, Doctor Thunder, you know, brand. <laughs> sign, <laughs> sign me sign up. You up. He pick didn't run like four eight. Pick one eighteen. Let's go. Well, that is going to do it here for the DallasCowboys.com draft show. Wrapping up the NFL Combine, we'll continue breaking down this 2020 NFL draft. We're under 50 days away. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week. has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!